Wow. Wow. Now, I want to share a testimony with you this morning. You know, the Spirit of God is there with you all the time. You just have to recognize Him and recognize how He's speaking to you. This morning when I walked in my closet, I thought I'd wear something totally different. All of a sudden, I saw this shirt. I don't ever remember wearing it but one time. And I thought, and I heard the Spirit of God say, wear that shirt. And when I put it on, the Lord began to prophesy to me. And he said very much what Diane was saying. He said, my people are coming to many crossroads in days ahead. And how they decide at those crossroads is how I will establish their plot in days ahead. And I say to you, watch at your crossroads, get into and learn to flow with the traffic around you, just like what we did, and learn how to flow with the traffic around you, and then you will be able to accelerate in days ahead. And I just put the shirt on and wore it here, and... I got here, and Amon Beefto said, I bought you a gift. I bought it a couple of months ago, and I was going to hold it, but this morning when I got up, the Spirit of God told me to bring you that gift today, and it was these shoes. I mean, the same exact color of the shirt. And then when he gave me these shoes, the Lord said, now walk forward. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're visiting today, this is a little different place. But, hey, that deserves something. It's a little different place. And, and I, I'm, it's, it's great. And I love what God's doing here. Gene, be bold as you go into California. I prayed for it. I gave a word about California on uh, the Jim Baker show. Chad and I were just in Missouri. And that was a wonderful, wonderful blessing. Let's thank God for all that he communicates to his people. Um. We're in such a different time. And, and one of the things I wanted to do this morning was to sort of reiterate and then really get us focused as we advance. Because there are so many people. Pam and I were talking this morning very early uh, when we got up. And she said, we need to just have an open house and refreshments. And I said, we've talked about that in November so we can all get to know each other a little better. You can go out to the garden, you can go to Beulah Acres, you can, you can understand what's going on throughout this whole place. And one of the things that is important to understand is how we're moving forward. Now, first of all, you want to understand this is an international ministry. Turn and wave to all those on the webcast. Some of you might not know that God said to start uh, gathering the scattered sheep via the web 16 years ago. And that was a drastic change for the church and much opposition against me. 
and uh, throughout the body. And yet, I, you just have to know when the Lord is saying, first of all, I, I have skills the Lord's developed, and then I understand tools of communication for today, and then we, I knew either we start using that tool or the enemy would use it greatly, which the enemy is capable of using it greatly. And so I love what Robert says. Last year, if we hadn't done that, the only way you could attend church was on the web. You see, so that's what the Lord does. And it's been such an honor for me to travel worldwide to be with God's people, to worship with God's people, different cultures. You know, the real thing is we're a kingdom culture. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. And with that kingdom culture that we carry, it overpowers the culture that we're part of. And no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, no matter what your cultures are, you have to allow the kingdom to be seen. You are a peculiar creature and are in a kingdom, the kingdom of God that carries a culture and a language of its own. Put your hand on somebody and tell them, be peculiar. Now, I wanted to share with you, this is sort of what we do here. We, we, we have celebration and first fruits. Our celebration service when we gather once a week like this is, for, and first fruits is our main celebration service. It, we give apostolic directives and we give harvest activation. That's what this service is about. It's to keep us stirred up. So, remember last week, Robert was talking on closing the portals of hell in your life. And so, we're going to be, the next few weeks, closing the portals of hell in our life in this service. And once they are closed in our life, we're going to be able to stand on hell itself so the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, every Friday, we believe in Shabbat. I, I've been doing this since the 70s, and every time I get out of it, I get in a mess. And so we have to develop a Shabbat mentality. And of course, we try to give you a good example of that. I don't care when you do Shabbat, but if you don't get in a habit once a week to Shabbat, you are going to find yourself in trouble. And uh, that means we have to have rest. We promote peace, wholeness, worship. We recap last week. We enter into body life. I want you to hear from people that God's speaking to. We have testimonies. We have encouragement. Two of the prophetic dimensions are encouragement and exhortation. And then we try to give some prophetic pointers for you for the next week. We have feast time gatherings here. Because the word of God that we're in covenant with is built and timed around the feast. 
It's not just because we want to do something. They are timed around the feast. And uh, you heard all those words today about being in time. We have incredible special ministry and many ministers in this place. We have ministers that do incredible things that you'll want to always stay abreast when we announce it. Uh, Maria had a gathering here this weekend. Uh, We have all sorts of people that have gatherings here. See, this is an apostolic center. In that apostolic center, we have a tabernacle. But the center itself has so many things going on. The gardeners, the farmers, uh, all sorts of people gathering City officials are using this place. We're right in the center of the activities of what's happening around here, and we make this place available for people to use. Listen, James and Robin do special things here. Many people do special things here that are key for you that gives you access to a different dimension. Then another thing we realize, we also have the best teacher in the world here. Robert Heidler, please stand up. And his wife is not too shabby. You better stand up with him. They're incredible in their teaching. And, And we've got to always have that gift because the teaching gift gets you established. See, uh, and keeps you, but yet we don't want to overteach in our harvest activation time. And what the church got used to was coming, being pastored, and being taught, and going home. That is not what we are. That is not what we will ever be. Uh, And then you've got all this young generation that know how to move. because some of us older generations knew how to move before them. But there comes a time where you let somebody else move for you. You know, I don't know, many of you probably wouldn't know, Pam has one of the most incredible voices ever, but about 10 years ago, she said, I'm not supposed to sing on the choir. I'm just supposed to sing in my truck. And her voice is amazing. She said, other singers are coming up and getting in place. They need to sing. See? And so, uh, I hope she doesn't tell me to just go out and work in the garden all the time. Now, one of the things this Wednesday will start is a special teaching. It won't be here. It will be on the web. We have got to get become a people that are very efficient. We can't just be always coming and going. Sometimes you need to shut your door, like the Bible says, and listen. Therefore, uh, we want to have certain things that give us access at home. We will have times, eventually once a month, where we just have a ministry night. And we will try to press that forward from the tabernacle 
into the miracle center. And remember what God showed me was, uh, it was like a honeycomb. It had all these cells and people were being ministered to and they walked out filled with the Spirit of God. And so we're, we're pressing toward that. This Wednesday, we'll start Holy Spirit at home in you, becoming whole, body, soul, and spirit. We are called, one of the reasons you do Shabbat is it helps you become whole. Some people cannot be healed without Shabbat. It says it right there, and the Word of God says it in Isaiah 58. That's what the Lord had against them. They didn't do Shabbat. It was a key to my own healing. When Keith and Cindy both told me when I almost died in 2001, said, this still has something to do with your dad. And I had to ask the Lord, and the Lord said, forget not Shabbat. And, but, and I, I, I remembered a sentence. I heard my dad tell a godly aunt of mine when she said, you know, I haven't seen you in church in several years now. Because he used to be just totally devoted. He was a deacon in the church. And just, he said, well, some need to worship. Some of us need to work and make money. And it was like a curse that took out our family. And so the only way to restore and break that curse was me as the firstborn to reverse it through Shabbat and firstfruits. You have to understand that about the curses that work in your bloodline. They have to be reversed. They, they don't give up easy, easily. Put your hand on somebody and say, you're in a war over that thing. I will tell you one other thing. Chad, are you back here? I keep waiting for you. You're in a war over that thing. I'm, I guess I'm going to have to preach to you, then preach to them. You're in a war over that thing. You're in a war over that thing. I, I'll tell you why. He's a single parent, this parent, not a single parent, but a single parent this weekend. And you know, it's a little overload when you have a to take care of everything yourself. Let's thank God for Chad. I will tell you one thing. All three of our four parents, Pam and I, and you've heard me say this before, but this shows you a power of what I'm going to be talking about today. Three of our four parents, mine and Pam's, parents died in their late 30s, early 40s, as a result of alcoholism. They were prosperous. They were, her dad was an aerospace engineer. She was adopted at 12, and then he killed himself the next day. And all as a result of alcoholism. Now, when we knew that God was telling us to have children, I knew my children would be up against a war. 75%, a child has 75% chance of becoming an alcoholic if one of their grandparents 
are alcoholics. If they don't resist and if they don't move forward. Think of 75% of their grandparents being alcoholics. And what would be up against their bloodline? I've had to watch Keith. I've had to watch Penny. I've had to watch Isaac. I've had to watch Ethan. I've had to watch John Mark. All resist and overcome the power of that curse. Let's thank God we can break curses. You know, you, you have to keep going till you see it broken. And you can't control it. You can't legalistically or religiously try to make that thing go away either. Don't, don't think that. It doesn't work that way. So, in this new era, we're coming into triumph and victory. Everybody say triumph and victory. But that means we have to have lots of change going on. We have to watch faith arise within us. We have to know that we have to allow the wineskin where we're poured into to have liberty to change. And in that, we also have to know that the war is intensifying every day in the atmosphere around us. Now, I think this is the part that I listen to people that they don't get. They think we're going to wake up one morning and everything's going to be okay out there in the world. Put your hand on somebody and say it ain't going to work like that. Mm -mm. I'll take this gum out. It's not going to work like that, people. The war is going to intensify. The communication of demons are going to accelerate. The nations, uh, as it says in James, they're going to lust and lust and lust some more. Therefore, war and war and war is going to occur nationally. We're in an era of dragon versus lion wars. Say, I'm part of that lion group. Now, remember I spoke uh, recently from Matthew 12. It is, I'm, I'm going back because every point today is very important for us. We are in a time to plunder. If we don't plunder, we get plundered. Matthew 12, how can you take the spoils of uh, a strong man's house unless you bind the strong man. Jesus said that. He said, unless you go in and bind that strong man first, you're not going to be able to take back what he's taken from you or what he's planning to take from you. And so we are a plundering people. Say that out loud. Now, in the midst of it, we want to stay in time. This year, in this new era of pay, is about building the house for the future. 
Put your hand here. It starts right here. We're not just talking about building a church building. We're talking about rebuilding his temple starting in each one of us. Now, couple that with the era we're living in, which is an era of the voice. And I love uh, that show is really amazing prophetically because it is about the voice that comes out of your house. So if we don't get our house built right, the sound from our house won't be right. And it is also a supernatural, mystical, atmospheric war. We cannot be a humanistic, religious group of people. We have to know we are supernatural and the atmosphere we're stepping into is supernatural. And uh, that is very important for you. You can't just walk around thinking humanistically. And I, I think Keith was saying that to us this morning. It's a very mystical, supernatural time, and we're contending in this time for who's going to rule. We have not won yet. All we know is that he won when he went to the cross. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, if Satan would have known what that cross was going to do, he would have never sent him to it. But because he won, went down, faced hell, overcame death and the grave... We have to, and then rose and is seated at the right hand of, of Father, available to us, left Holy Spirit here in the earth to live and breathe as Him through us. Now, now get this. I, I've had to tell person after person, week after week recently, he lives in you. Listen, I would never be able to break through and keep going if I didn't know he lives in me. And he left Holy Spirit to dwell in man. Put your hand on somebody and say, he is talking about you. Therefore, Holy Spirit's got to express himself through you. That's why we want to do that series, uh, Robert and I and others, that as the Spirit of God uh, leads, will be teaching that on Wednesday night till we get who is at home in us. All right? So that becomes very important for us as we advance. Now, here's the five goals that each of us need to have and know during this season. First of all, we need to know the Lord and His ways. That is us, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. 
I was just reading Genesis. We've been reading through Genesis, visiting, vi- uh, uh, they're building Babel in, uh, on the plain of Shiner. And it says, and God came down to see us came down. It says it, actually it says this, us came down for, to see what they were building. The same us that came down when the world was in chaos. That is a picture of this year. Us is coming down to see what's being built. And we want to know the Lord in his ways. We want to know who we are in him. We want to know how to build our future with him. But we also want to know who the enemy is And how he is warring against us. Many times I listen to what God's doing in people's life. Then I have to say, what is the enemy doing in your life? Because if you lose sight of who is opposing you, like Paul says, you're going to find yourself in hope deferred. Then we want to keep a harvest mentality so we keep multiplying. So that when we're talking about building the house, go ahead, Brian, that's what the year's about. We're building with this mind that is transformed to think like this. Now you have to get up daily and cause yourself to think like that. The carnal mind is in war with God. Therefore, you have to force yourself. You have to train yourself. You have to discipline yourself to meditate day and night as he told Joshua. And if you will do that, you will have success. I see the biggest problem that many have is... They don't know how to meditate. And they leave out that portion in their life of really chewing on the Word of God in such a way until it is flowing as liquid through your blood. Now, that is key. Now, with that, you also want to know this. Now, I want you to see this. It's the year of the container. That's another word for what this year is about. Words are the house, the dwelling place, your home, your covenant, sons and daughters. They're all important. These are important words for this year. But when you look at it as the year of container, just as we looked at it as the year of the breath coming in, and we had to all lock down because of COVID. And the enemy tried to steal every breath that was out there. If he didn't try to steal your breath, he tried to put fear in you so you wouldn't breathe. And with that, in this year of the container, look at our ports. Never in history have all the container ships been stranded out in 
the ocean and not be able to bring supply to port. You better put your hand on somebody and say, I'm going to break that off. Now, if you don't see that right, this year, hear me out there on the web, wherever you're at. If you don't see that right this year, your supply is going to get waylaid. So, with that, Revelation is... Paul talks in Ephesians 1, and he did the same thing with Peter in Matthew 16, the Lord did, revelation, the uncovering of truth you need of who he is and who you are in him. It's not just who he is, it's who you are. And the hope of glory in you is what builds your future. And with that, your future is a place you have not gotten to before. The word success means there's help along your road to get there. That's why you have to keep stepping. I know there's help out there somewhere. Say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Now, the Lord also told us the gates of hell will try to prevail against you building. The gates of hell doesn't want you to build. So the gates of hell is trying to build something that keeps you from completing your house or making you at him at home in you. And that's what Robert was speaking on last week about the gates of hell. Now remember, let me show you who you look like again, right here. You are made in his, his image. You don't have a choice about that. You are made in his image. Some way or another, for you to fulfill why you're here on earth, you're going to have to allow him to draw who he is through you. Now, this is what salvation is about, people. You're going to have to allow him to be at home in you so he can express himself through you. Because you are a unique creature that represents him. Tell somebody, I know that's true. You can only express a portion of him in time for us to see. And if you refuse not to, we won't see him fully the way we need to see it. Chant on somebody and say, you're not going to block us from seeing him. Let him go. <laughs> see? See? See, KB, that's why you had to quit acting like such a fool and let him come in and work with you. 
Uh, we would have never seen what, he would, what God was like without him coming in you. Now, that's important. Let's thank God for KB. All your trials show how he can overcome. All you're going through is important for all of us to see. So quit whining about it. Just get through it and let him shine through it. I mean, just walk, grab hold of somebody and just say, you got to help me. God's got God's to be seen in this thing. Some way the Lord has to be seen in this mess I'm in. I say it all the time. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know the Lord's got to come through this mess some way. And when he comes through... I'm going to see him in a way I've never seen him before. And I love what Leanne said today. If you have been in a thousand fires, a thousand times a thousand. I mean, it's amazing. And the enemy does not want him to be seen in you. Now, this is just real simple. But it's something we ain't getting. When you get up today and take your first step, the enemy some way doesn't want him to be seen through you because that anointing in you can break the enemy's yoke. Now put your hand on somebody and say, be anointed. Now, with that, this era is about Holy Spirit. So we've got to get to know Holy Spirit. We've got to get to know Him. And another way of thinking about Holy Spirit, one of His meanings, He's your advocate, He's your helper, but He is also the one who has the, uh, the ability to end the curse in your house. And when you start looking at him like that, you, you let him work his way out through all those curses. And trust me, we've had lots of them for him to work his way out of. And with that, on top of that, then the heaven is shifting. There's this harvest sickle that's beginning to move in the heavens, and it's causing the earth to quake. Lift up your eyes and see. You have a field that he's, that you have a field. Say that out loud. You have a field. And that field is also called your portion, your inheritance. And the war is over you securing your inheritance. That's what the real war is about. I wrote a book called Possessing Your Inheritance, but possessing and securing has a little different meaning. And there is such a war right now over our 
portion, our inheritance. Robert did this several years ago, and I went back and found it. Let me show it to you. See, with that, you've got to ask the Lord for your inheritance. Now, I want you to stop right now and say, Lord, I want my portion. Some of you never ask the Lord for your portion, so you never go to war to get your portion. Say, Lord, I want my portion. Now, in that portion, there are great strongholds that even got passed on to you this generation that have to be some way taken. The best principle of understanding that is the Jebusites. They were there when God made covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15. He said, the Jebusites are yours. He said, now you won't see this, but 10 generations from now, I'm going to allow them to have all their wealth amassed. Then I'll send your people in and I'll transfer their wealth over to you. That's the book of Joshua. But it's going to be a war. Because remember, the first group who tried to go in, they said, we don't want a war. We don't want to war, war those giants to get that bountiful blessing. We're not going to do that. God postponed it. It's the very thing we're talking about this morning. Some delay comes because you don't want to go to war. Now, hear what I'm telling you. If you don't want to go to war for it, it'll just stay there till some generation goes to war for it. And see, in that inheritance, see it like what I'm showing you here on the screen. Some way or another, Satan has to be torn down in that inheritance because remember even when they went in Caleb had the Jebusites but he never could overthrow the Jebusites generations later David went in and the first assignment he had as king was you're going to figure out how to go up and knock the Jebusites out God does not forget about a demon that's building in the earth realm. They don't just go away. Therefore, until David could finally someone take all the inheritance from Dan to Beersheba that God had promised Abraham, the first thing he was going to have to do was overthrow the Jebusites. Now, how's that for an assignment instead of run, get on your throne and sit and extend your scepter and let everybody wait on you? And so David said, okay, whoever can go up and get them knocked out, I'm going to make them the leaders for the future. Now, that's how leadership really is chosen. Some of you might would love to be in a position that, and you, prob you might be called to be in that position, but let me tell you, he's watching to see how you go up the water spout and take the Jebusites out. Before you're able to stand 
If you can't take the Jebusites out, you can't stand in authority against all the other enemies that's going to come against you. And so with that, why did he have to take the Jebusites out? Because the presence of God had to be established there. That's where God wanted the ark. I mean, God knows what he wants, the, where and why that ark has to be established in you because he knows how you're going to display the glory. Therefore, there certain things have to be toppled. Now, Satan must either... He's got to find a way to activate that demonic force, that resource that he has inside of you. See, the minute you transfer your life to the Lord, the moment, you're a new creature. Look at somebody and say, well, I sure don't always feel like that. <laughs> now look at him and say, I don't always act like it either. Chad, you better do something on that one. <laughs> now, John 8:44 says, the only way Satan has access to you from that moment forth is you don't get rid of his resources in you. Therefore, if we hold on to resources that the enemy has placed in us. If I held on to that which my dad said, just making money. Satan would get me. And he would use that resource. So we have to know everything in us has to be some way brought into and under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that flows through our body by his spirit. That's what Hebrews 9 says. And Satan is always trying to get the upper hand. That's what this word means in 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 11, 2.11. He's always trying to get an upper hand over you. Now, say right now, I want his hand out of my portion. So, why Alamu and I did that book that is a must for right now. That was the two shows we were doing in Missouri. Rekindling the altar fire is you've got to keep his altar hot in you some way. So you are too hot to handle. Yeah. Woo, say I'm hot! Who the Lord just hit me there? Tell somebody, you need to get too hot to handle. AC, stand up. It's so good to see you down here from Washington. And welcome, AC, back visiting. We had a wonderful couple walk up from Indiana today. Where are you guys? You guys stand up. Stand up back there. Welcome Indiana in here. I thought Purdue was going to win yesterday, but they didn't. 
Lord, we break that curse off. <laughs> now, that's what this season's about. Let me show you just a couple more things. Then I want to impart something to you. See, what Robert was teaching is what will be developed the next few weeks because we got to get something torn down and we got to become too hot to handle. We might even just call the series Overthrowing Iniquity and Becoming Too Hot to Handle. There's five major areas of iniquity. I have to review them weekly to make sure that Holy Spirit is operating in me against them. Covenant breaking, idolatry and blood sacrifice. You know, that's what made the nation so mad because Texas decided if there's another person alive with a heart, we're not going to kill it. Yes. It's just that simple. Whether they're old or whether they're in, they're in the womb. If they got a heart, they have the right to live. Yes. And yes, I believe women have right to do anything they want to do. But people have right to live too. Uh, that's blood sacrifice. There's illegal bloodshed where injustice is committed. One of the greatest injustices ever was in Tulsa, and we went there, we worshiped on that ground years ago. And then this year, you saw the whole nation see, and that injustice was brought to light. There's sexual immorality. Now, listen to me. You might struggle sexually. And lust and desire has to be struggled against. You might struggle toward the same sex or opposite sex, but still the Lord has certain boundaries for us that if we fornicate in any form or, or fashion, we're going to get in trouble. Says it right there in Acts 15. The ark gets knocked out of place. See? It was about the restoration of the tabernacle of David. That's in the New Testament. And so you might have been homosexual. You might struggle daily with that. But you have to resist giving in to what the enemy is trying to do in you because he's just trying to get a resource to capture you. And you want to be able, when you die, to look at the Lord and say, I resisted that. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me home. I resisted it to my last breath. Because once you belong to him, you know you're going to overcome. It might be your last breath when you overcome, but you're going to overcome. And the Bible says we have not resisted unto blood, but some of us will and some of us have.
Then there is God robbing. I mean, we have we minister we have ministered to several people that have had sex changes and then realized I gotta get back to where the Lord wanted me to be. You know what? All you gotta do is just say, I'm ready to start back walking with him in some way. And then you become what he intended. You will not be able to, if you want to look him face to face, you're going to have to become what he intended you to be. And he's got grace for all of your mess. Tell somebody. He's got grace enough to deal with all your trash. He is the best recycler in the universe. He knows how to recycle you into what you're supposed to be. See, iniquity means twisted. He knows how to untwist you, flatten you out, iron you out, and then remake you into what you should be. And we're excited to see some of you be remade. I'm excited that I am continually being remade. You know, I look at people who their career goes for decades. It's because they let themselves be remade. I mean, you have some, I mean, look at Dolly Parton. She loves the Lord, but she, her career never stops because she's constantly acknowledging the Lord in all of her incredible attire. <laughs> and he's constantly remaking her. So be careful how you judge people. You might be judging a new creation, something that he is bringing out as his latest creation. I better say that again. You might be judging something that he is bringing out as his latest creation. Now, all of these things right here, this is what Robert was saying, then Robert will teach on them. Go ahead, Brian. They, see, iniquity has a cycle just like life has a cycle. I don't want to teach that. I'll teach that sometimes when we're in this. All right, go back a minute. Just look at it. <laughs> see, iniquity is a mystery because it is supernatural. It has a cycle and the minute you are born, God already has a plan to overthrow it. But you're going to have to work with him. Now look at somebody and say, work it out with him. Work it out with him. All right, let's move on. We'll come back and teach this. Satan doesn't just, see, if you allow iniquity in you, to be established, every place you step, it has right to be established. 
That's why you see so much decay out there. Because see, iniquity, all those five things, God robbing is one of the worst. The only way I could overthrow the iniquitous bloodline that we had in our family was to give. I mean, it's what the Lord spoke to me. The Lord will always give you a strategy. He said, if you'll give first fruits, I was 18 years old, I'll break this. I'll heal your body and I'll refill your barns. It was that simple. That's how simple my life is. It looks very complicated, but that's really how simple it is. All I have to do is give my best to him and worship and doing it. And I know he'll break the curses. And I watch curses in our family bloodline try to hang on for dear life and choke two or three of my kids in the process. All I had to do was worship the Lord and give. And then, of course, you know, he'll tell you what to say. And he'll send people along. And his spirit will speak and work with them. It's amazing. But here's what they do. They defile the land. Go ahead, Brian. Eventually, when we allow them to defile the land, a throne rules us. That's why you see in some cities, the whole city is under this defilement, under this curse. Because, see, the throne is what we worship at. And the land gets defiled from it. And that's what we want to break. We want to come over the next few weeks, and when we walk out of here, we want to have such a new glory on our feet that the land starts rejoicing. Wherever you are out there, I want you to hear that. We want to come to a place so that when you walk out your front door or the door of your dwelling, that the land starts clapping, the trees start clapping their hands. So, that's what this season's about. Here's the last thing. See, we're warring against a threefold court. It's made up of poverty, infirmity, and religion. Satanism is religion. When you join societal structures, that's religion. Uh, church can be the most religious thing out there. And with that, because we're warring, these things, it's just not, they're, they're, they've got a cord. They work together. Poverty just doesn't work. That thing that's trying to push you back in your finances also is usually linked with a spirit of infirmity. From hope deferred, what Keith addressed. And if you get so religious that you can't get past it, it's going to strangle you. 
Now, I want to give you two examples, and then we're leaving. Because see, once that breaks, the harvest comes in. The first example I want to give you is personal. Luke 13. That's where the woman that has been over. And I want you to see something so you're not confused. I really wish, it, but get your phone or get something. I, I wish, I try to read a new Bible each year. Because I don't want to reread what I understood last year. I want to see it differently. But I also read on my iPad, and that's valid, just as valid. I went to one church years ago when I was speaking, 30 years ago probably, and they said, well, unless you have a King James Bible, you really can't come in here. (laughs) Now, I was speaking, and I have read and I have memorized most out of the King James Bible. But I said, you know, the best I can do this morning is the Amplified. (laughs) He said, well, they don't believe anything is valid, our elders, but the King James. I said, well, it's your choice. I don't have to speak this morning. It was you who scheduled me. He said, no, I want you to speak. Three of them left while I was speaking. That's how strong religion can be. I had one guy recently walk up to me and say, you really did not open your Bible and read a passage. I said, I quoted the passages. He said, but unless you read it from the book, it's not valid. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just hugged him. Thought, ooh, you're going to have a lot you're going to have to go through. Now, that's how simple it is. Now, verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the, on the Sabbath. There was a woman for 18 years that had had an illness caused by a demon. One version, one translation says it was a spirit of infirmity sent from Satan. She was bent double and could not straighten up at all. Now, think about this. Jesus was visiting this synagogue. And she had probably been coming there for 18 years. Been over. Because of Satan. In other words, look around here. Satan had been in that synagogue. Bending that woman over. For 18 years. And nobody, they were so religious, had noticed it. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, woman, you're released from that spirit. Then he laid hands on her. He spoke. Then he laid hands on her. And immediately, it took both. 
He spoke, then he laid hands on her, then she stood up. See, what happened was that spirit that had been dwelling with that infirmity through religion all of a sudden broke. Affected the entire area. Turned the religious hypocrites upside hypocrites are play actors turned them upside down now turn with me one more and then we're going to leave Acts 9 that's the way you want to think don't think a hypocrite is not somebody who prays all the time and and just looks real religious. A hypocrite is a play actor. In other words, wherever I'm at, I want to be the same. I don't want to act any different here than I act when I'm out in a restaurant or in a bar or anywhere else that God sends me. I just want to be the same. I will tell you one story about being in a bar because, you know, when you travel, you're going to have to go to the hotel bar usually to eat something. And me and I think it was Aaron and uh, Ann and Marty were traveling on this trip. We went, the only place we could go was to the bar. Ann and Marty got there first, then Aaron and I came down. And the place was packed, so they were sitting over against the window and we were sitting on the bar stools. And it was these other two guys sitting by us that we were visiting with some. And Marty said to the waitress, go tell those two guys that we can pull up chairs for them over here. Talking about me and Aaron. She went to the other two men. <laughs> look at Ann. Look at Ann. Ann set up. She went to the other two men and said, those two ladies over by the window want you to come be with them. <laughs> they ordered another drink. <laughs> I said, they were talking about us. They're with us. You know... Don't miss the joy of all the mess around you. <laughs> Some of those messes are just waiting for you to be sitting there. I mean, I want you to think like that. Now, this is important here. Peter, you know, Peter had to work into his ministry like many of us have to do. You know, he had big issues. He had all three. And, you know, he, he just struggled. And he was emotional and he got in trouble from the Lord all the time. <coughs> Somebody raised their hand and say, I know that one. I, I mean, he really did. He got in trouble all the time because... He really couldn't quite get it. I mean, even when the Lord comes back to him, to him after he's been crucified and he's shown up and he's revealed himself to him and then they all go back fishing and the Lord comes out to him, comes back to him while uh, they're out fishing and uh, 
Peter knows it's the Lord. And the Lord says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, yes. Well, only you really know. And then he says, then feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter's first words was, what's John going to do? Well, what's that to you, what John's going to do? That's what the Lord said to him. And that's the way we are. Now, Peter finally gets it. I mean, Peter gets it and he keeps his altar hot. He is too hot to handle through Acts. He is so hot to handle, they kill him in the end. Now, put your hand on somebody and say, that is what you signed up for. So, let's look at verse 32. Peter is really out there ministering right now. Now, Peter's traveling throughout the land. He goes to visit the saints, God's people. Now, hear me. He is going to visit the Jews who have been saved, who live in Lydda. When he gets there, he finds this man named Aeneas. He's been bedridden for eight years, and he's paralyzed. Peter goes in to see him and says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately, Aeneas got up. Now, I feel that blanket of unbelief going over you. That's the same one that lives in you. That lives in me. And he says this. Now look what happens. Then all who lived in Lydda and the plain of Sharon saw what had happened and they all turned to the Lord. That's harvest. You're just going to be out in the grocery store and all of a sudden the Spirit of God's going to come on you and then the whole, whole store's going to get saved. But you can't let it be. You have to know the Spirit of God. You have to know the liberty that you have and you have to know your boundaries because you'll just know you, you'll know that person will say, you won't run over and force yourself. That person, you will know. Aeneas was part of the group that Peter went to see, and he was bedridden and paralyzed, and Peter commanded him to get up in the name of Jesus. The entire region was harvested. Now, Peter still is religious because the next chapter, you see God going to deal with Peter and the religious spirit he has. You don't have to have all this stuff dealt with you to be used by the Lord. You just have to let him deal with it day by day by day. 
Peter goes up in his quiet time. I'm, I'm, I, I am so protective of my quiet time. Because I talk to, have talked to people all day long. I mean, Chad bopped in at 6.15 Friday morning. In my quiet time, I said, you are aware me and the Lord are in here. He said, yeah, and I was just going to bring you, y'all a cup of coffee. That's what he said. <laughs> See? Just doing my job. He said, great. <laughs> Peter is having his quiet time, and God drops down this sheet in front of it with every evil, unclean thing in it imaginable. And then he speaks to Peter and says, eat it. (laughs) Peter said, I have always been so devoted to you. I would never touch that. Now he is telling God this. (laughs) And it's God who told him to eat it. (laughs) Now now hear what I'm saying to you. People, we have, you're going to get delivered God's way. Not the way you want to get delivered. And it might be you eating a salad. I don't know what's going to get you delivered. It might be you watching a movie that you didn't want to watch. I don't know what God's going to do with you. I know he's made me do some things I wouldn't have thought. But once I did it, I was delivered. And he says, Peter, I'm expanding you from just, now let me just paraphrase this for you. Just those saints in Lydda descending you to all the Gentiles. But you're going to only be able to go to them if you eat this. (laughs) See, some of you are holding back your own call. Peter finally submits to it. Then he says, now I'm going to send three men to meet you. And all of a sudden, God had broken a barrier into a harvest field that included you. Everybody say, thank God Peter ate that. Thank God Peter was willing to cross over. Say it out loud. Thank God Peter was willing to cross over. Let's all stand up. All of you out there, it's a new era. It's an era to build. It's an era to war. It's an era to overcome poverty, an era to overcome infirmity. It's an era to dethrone thrones of iniquity. It's an era of Holy Spirit. And it's an era to break and see our boundaries reestablished. Father, I loose this over us 
and we say send us forth in a new way into this now put your hand on somebody and say this is the first day of you stepping forward and breaking into a new place bless you bless you watch Wednesday watch Friday watch for special events we announce watch and listen for other people God is ready to move us into the harvest